episode 131 of Offscript with Trish Glow's intimate interviews with interesting people. Joining me today via Zoom, I have Julie Tannis. She is a recipe developer, cookbook author, uh, most recently released a cookbook called Food Between Friends with your bestie, right? Yes, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Yes. Who Jesse, we... did you know you were my bestie? <laughs> <laughs> he does now. Um, yeah, and he, we know him from Modern Family. So super cool story how you guys met. I've heard it a few times. I do want to talk about that, but I want to talk about where you're from because I know you're from the South and you're you're with a fellow Southerner here. So, where are you from? South Carolina. No way. What part? Um, Aiken. It's uh, okay. Close to Augusta, Georgia, where the Masters are played. Yes. But okay. You're from Alabama. I love South Carolina. I'm from Alabama, uh, North Alabama. So we're closer to Tennessee. I usually will fly into Nashville when I go home. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was yeah. it like growing up? Where, where in Alabama? What's the town? So I'm from a small town called Coleman. It's about, uh, it's between Birmingham and Huntsville, which are kind of our two big cities. Um, and Birmingham, the food scene is booming there. So I feel like people are knowing, you know, they, they know Birmingham now. Um, yeah, I grew up in a very small town. We had a tiny shopping center, you know, our restaurants were like chain restaurants. So a lot of the food I grew up eating was just what my family, you know, we didn't go out to dinner a lot. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a big treat. So, um, I grew up eating at family reunions and family get togethers and Sunday church, you know, Sunday suppers. Oh, I know about that. Um, yeah. So driving to Birmingham was a really big deal. Um, went to dinner there for prom night. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, this is huge. We're in Birmingham. Did y'all have Shoney's? Oh my God, you know Shoney's? Oh yes. I, they would put an American flag on every meal. Do you remember that? Uh -huh. Like a, a mound of spaghetti, like a little toothpick American yeah. flag, the burger. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, Shoney's. And didn't they have, I feel like they had like a bowl of some, like suckers or something. When you left, like you could take a that, sucker with you. Yes, that sounds familiar. Okay. That, that's so, so weird that I, I, Shoney's popped in my head out of all the chain I restaurants. I can't believe you remembered Shoney's. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking Showbiz, which was like the original. Do you remember Showbiz? Yeah. My my uncle managed Showbiz for a while in my hometown, so had a lot of birthday parties there. Okay, awesome. But so I know growing up in the South, for me, food it was incredibly important in our family. The When you're eating you know, grits and country-cured ham in the morning, we're talking about what's for dinner. So yes. same for you. Always, always planning the next meal as you're eating, as you're eating one meal, and then you finish, and a million people are asking if you're still hungry. Did you get enough? Did you get enough? <laughs> oh yeah, my my granny used to ask me that all the time. Did you get enough? Um, so did you have good cooks growing up then in your family? I did. Um, you know, my mom was a working woman. She had an office job like eight to six. So um, she had a couple of meals on rotation that, you know, God bless her. She's, she's a good cook, but it was a lot of like the prepackaged yeah. spaghetti marinara mix. And, but um, my, my dad's actually really good on the grill. So he, he, he likes to smoke mm -hmm. chickens and all that. But my, my aunt Irma, Irma Tubbs was an amazing cook. Uh, my aunt Hilda was an amazing cook. Both my grandmothers were incredible cooks. So I, I was always fed delicious food and 
you know, I think it was one reason I was intimidated to get in the kitchen and cook as a, as a young girl. I was like, I'm not going to compete with all these women in my family who, you know, are just slaying Mm -hmm. the turkey and dressing. Totally. I had an Aunt Irma too. You did? Mm -hmm. I-R-M-A. Yes. A great name. I think, I think probably most Southern families have (laughs) or have had an Aunt Irma. I think that's just the rule. Um, I know. So, what? I, I know you left the South, right? At a at a certain mm-hmm. point, you were were you like, I got to get out of here, or okay, <laughs> tell me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I I left the day I went to college in Alabama. I went to the university, Roll Tide, uh, and the day after graduation, I I left. I moved to D.C. I didn't have a job, um, but I had interned there in the summer, so I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be, I was just really drawn to bigger cities and different cultures and food and, and, you know, all of that. So I was also feel like DC is a safe segue because I eventually landed in New York, but DC is like a, it's still a little Southern, um, but it's a big city. And so, yeah, I moved to Washington DC and I was there for three or four years. And, um, you know, I, I, I loved meeting people from, the Midwest and the West coast. And cause in Alabama, you know, I went to summer camp, but my friends that I would meet were like from Tennessee or right. Georgia right. or South Carolina. And I, I didn't get to meet many people outside of the South. So when I went to DC, I, I just, it, the exposure to all these different cultures and personalities was, I craved it. I bet. And I've always thought of DC as being a manageable big city, much like San Francisco, where it's not just mm-hmm. so ginormous that it's intimidating, but it still is a little intimidating. Right. It is. And it, you know, there were, a, I knew a few people from Alabama that had moved there. So I, I kind of knew people, you know, it was, it was an easy transition, but after a few years, I, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. I'm I'm done with DC. Um, and so then I moved to New York. What'd you study in school? I was a PR and political science. So okay. I thought I wanted to combine the two. I know, I know, <laughs> complete career changer. And then I moved to New York and shifted over into the music industry uh, where I met my husband mm-hmm. and did you know I was doing PR publicity and and music and performing arts for a while and then when I was in New York I really again was just exposed to like some of the best food I'd ever had in my life and I wanted to learn how to make them and um started cooking for my husband had broken his foot and couldn't leave the apartment for a few months and it was in the middle of winter so I started cooking um and we would just have people over to our apartment I kind of turned it into a restaurant and so I thought, oh, maybe I want to do PR in food. And I, as I cooked more, it was, mm-hmm. I discovered it was the cooking that I loved. And it was really, it was therapy for me to be in the kitchen and challenging myself and learning, you know, how to make all these different foods that I had never even had growing up. Sure. Did you find yourself, you know, going out to different places and trying new foods and then wanting to recreate that almost? Um, some things I wouldn't, I'm like, I'm not going to try soup dumplings. I'm going to go to my favorite local spot because these are delicious and I will ruin them if I, if I try them. But, you know, I, I remember in the beginning before I went to culinary school, a lot of it was just going to the grocery store without a recipe. Mm. 
and just, or the farmer's market and just kind of gathering whatever was fresh and almost creating like a chop, you know, chopped the mystery basket. Totally. <laughs> kind of a little challenge for myself. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you said you it was sort of like therapy for you. At, at what point did you find yourself, you know, more interested in cooking and, you know, sort of kind of putting in that work versus um, kind of leaving your day job, you know, thinking about that less, thinking about cooking more. Was there a certain moment that that happened for you? Um, it just made me, you know, I, I think I felt obligated to work in, in publicity and PR because that's what I majored in in college. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, the joy I found in cooking. And then there was also that challenge, but in feeding people, and getting feedback and testing recipes and developing recipes and learning how to like change it, tweak it slightly to make it my own. Or we'd have friends over that were vegetarian. And I was like, oh, okay, here's a challenge, you know, as, as a huge carnivore. Um, and then I started taking a lot of recreational cooking classes at different culinary schools. So, um, you know, I went to the Institute of Culinary Education in New York City. Um, mm -hmm. And I just started taking recreational classes there and it would, I didn't know anyone. I was like meeting people and I would just choose like one night. I think the first class I ever took was um, a taste of New Orleans. I was like, oh yes, <laughs> let's go. I want to go make, you know, New Orleans food. And um, it took, I, I spent a year probably doing that. Like wherever I could find a recreational cooking class, I would take it and just, I was a sponge. I just learned as much as I could. And it made me so happy. And when I started culinary school, you know, it was, it was all day. It was like, you know, the morning jam and yeah. the subway and I'm like packed, taking my knives and all my, you know, it was a lot of work. Um, but it was the happiest I've, I've ever been. And the, and the, I was a, I was a good student, but I, I wasn't like a straight A student. And I got to culinary school. I made like a hundred on every test. I nailed it. I, I was voted most likely to succeed on graduation night. I just nerded out in culinary school. Just love it. Yeah. But don't, that's validation though, right? I, I feel like that's just validation that you, it's like, yep, I've picked the right path. This is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. It was also a lot of pressure holding this medal. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> I better succeed. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, but I, you know, it's, I, I was going to say it's, I struggled with that for a long time. Like, what is, what does that mean? And I think when I graduated culinary school, um, it was a lot of, it, you were either a private chef, a restaurant chef, mm -hmm. caterer, mm -hmm. you know, the opportunities have changed so much now. And, um, so I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I've learned that success is just really your, it's a very personal, subjective definition of what that is. A thousand percent. I was just thinking that actually, as you were saying the words, success means so many different things to so many people. And for a lot of us, mm. it's not um, It's not financial. It's not the fame end of things. It just means on a personal level, yeah, I have gotten to the point where I want to be in life. Autonomy, you know, just that yeah. success. It's so true. It's so true. And I, I I'm a published author. I was like, I, you know, I don't know what's in store for the future, but I am just, you know, really trying to soak in this moment. And like, I wrote a book. Oh my God, I wrote a mm -hmm. book. This yeah. is, I earned the medal in my, <laughs> in my opinion. I would say so for sure. And I was going to ask you why, 
recipe developer? Why that path and not private chef or, you know, a chef in a restaurant? What, what led you down that path? I actually did uh, some private chefing when we first moved to California. So mm -hmm. in New York, I was in a test kitchen, which I so appreciated working in a test kitchen at Savoir Magazine because before going to culinary school, I would cook from from other magazines and cookbooks and the recipe wouldn't work. And I felt like a failure. And then once I worked in the test kitchen, I realized, oh, these things have to be tested over and over and over. You get we got recipes on little cocktail napkins and then you've got to you've got to edit it so that the home cook can be successful. And when Jesse and I were writing this book, that was that was a big goal of ours is like we had friends and family test recipes. We had we hired two recipe testers, but we wanted the we wanted people who bought this book to be set up for success, you know. Um, and so working in the test kitchen, then we moved to California for my husband's job. And I I didn't know anyone out here. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started private chefing mm -hmm. and catering. And it was so fun to work with clients on a menu that they wanted because that's kind of where the development came in. Like I was, you know, they, they didn't eat chicken. Okay. Let me, let me develop some protein meals for them. Um, or, or if they're gluten-free or vegan or whatever. Sure. And so I really enjoyed working with clients and like creating and developing new, you know, nothing, you can find anything on the internet now, but that's true. That's true. Catering to someone's needs and wants was really fun for me. I've interviewed um, Julia Colin Davison with uh, America's Test Kitchen, one of the co-hosts of, of America's Test Kitchen. And I just find that so fascinating because she's also a recipe developer, but then they test that recipe a bazillion different times. You have to be incredibly patient, I would think, to have that yeah. role, right? Because you know you do it one way, you make the tiniest little tweak and you got to do it all over again to see if it works. Yes, it. Uh, I, I worked. One of the first books I worked on was Candace Nelson of Sprinkles Cupcakes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you do you have Sprinkles. Um, so I, I worked on her baking book, and I remember testing the red velvet cupcakes so many times. Like my kitchen sink was stained red, and I love red velvet, you know. But there was a period where I was like, I can't look at red velvet for a while because we <laughs> tested those over and over. We wanted them to be perfect. <laughs> and so it happens, you yeah. know, you're like, I don't want to make these again. But especially with baking, it's a little more precise and uh, it requires hugely testing and retesting and cross testing. Hugely. Yeah. Well, as a, I love to cook and I use recipes for inspiration, but I don't necessarily stick with it. Um, but there are yeah. those people who, follow the recipe to the T. And so it's gotta be, it's gotta be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, that was another struggle in the book was, you know, we want people to trust their instincts. And if, mm -hmm. if we say this has got to saute for five minutes, it might be seven minutes on your, on your burner. Um, which was why it was, it was important for us to get, you know, my mom in Alabama who had an electric stovetop to test certain recipes. Cause i I wanted to give a range to people, but we really want to, we want people to make these recipes and, and follow it, but also get creative. You know, if, if you don't have tarragon, you can use parsley mm -hmm. or, you know, you can swap out the herbs or, or seasonings. That's so. the joy of cooking though, right there. You just nailed yeah. it. That, yeah. That, that's the fun part. Um, 
what was it like working in the test the test kitchen at uh, Savoir Magazine? I have their, it's like Savoir Comfort Food Cookbook. That's a good one. One of my absolute favorites, such an amazing cookbook. So what was it like working for Savoir Magazine? It was, so when I left culinary school, I had a lot of chef instructors say, you got to work in a restaurant. You're not going to be taken yeah. seriously if you don't work in a restaurant. And I was older. Um, you know, my class was such a, a range of ages and, uh, uh, you know, some mm -hmm. younger kids who they wanted to, they were going to start as a line cook. And I, I was just older. We, my husband and I were starting a life and thinking about having kids and it, it just didn't, I don't, I don't get that, um, satisfaction, like, like adrenaline rush being in a, in a restaurant kitchen. Yeah. And I thought, Oh my God, I'm never, I'm never going to be successful if I don't go work in a, in a restaurant kitchen. And so when I started at Silver, they ran, I mean, the, the team I was under too, like they ran such a tight ship mm -hmm. and it was, it wasn't just like an easy, it was hard work. I mean, I was there some nights until 7 or 8 PM trying to get all my recipes tested because the editors were coming into the kitchen first thing in the morning to taste them. And so it was, it was a lot of work. I, I look back and I'm like, that was a serious job. Mm -hmm. It was the hardest I've ever worked and, and, you know, it wasn't this fast paced line cook work, but it was, it was completely different, like patience, organization, keeping your, your surface clean, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a very serious job that set me up for success for sure. For, yeah. So in California, then, um, you're the Southern girl in, were you guys like in the LA area when you moved there? Yes, we were in Santa Monica when we first when we first moved here. So I had the Santa Monica Farmers Market. We we're oh. near the ocean. I had Santa Monica Seafood. I know I had I had some. I mean, there's a lot of East Side institutions that I, I do a day trip over to the East Side sometimes, and especially if I go to Jesse's house. I'm like, this is going to be a culinary ah. tour. I'm going to leave Jesse's and I'm going to go to Home State Tacos and perfect. Um, yeah, but we. We settled in Santa Monica, and uh, I loved it. I right when we moved here, I got pregnant, and I had my daughter. And so, not only did I not know people, but um, but you're you know, pregnant, really and you don't sick. know people. Yikes. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, which is why going to you know stepping out of my comfort zone that night and going to this dinner party where I met Jesse was mm -hmm. a nice reminder to just step out of your comfort zone, put yourself out there and you know, the universe will help you a little. I was, oh, that's so funny. Cases. I was just going to say that that was such a, um, it was like destiny that you, you went to that dinner party. So did he, cause I, I've heard the story. He didn't want to go either. Right. Yeah. It was just a, I think it was a weeknight and Jesse, you know, he has so many obligations like this. Um, but he went to support mm. a friend and we ended up having and I mean, I got home, I crawled in bed at 2 a.m. Like we had an amazing time at the party. So, you know, it turned out to be this beautiful thing. But it, like I said, for me living on the West Side, I don't know if you're familiar with L.A. traffic, but getting downtown on a weeknight, it's like a two hour Uber drive. I was going by myself. Yeah, it was. I mean, just the whole time I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not going to know anyone. Yeah. You know, uh, it was scary. Yeah, I bet. Talk about social anxiety. It was like, oh, I bet. Um, it ended up 
But right, what a beautiful connection. And I just, I love that when you meet someone and you sort of instantly hit it off and then you just keep, keep talking and it's just like one connection after another. And then at some point you're like, should we be friends? Like, can we, can I get your digits? Is this cool? Like, can, yeah. can we hang out? <laughs> Jesse put his information in my phone that night and I didn't even look at it until I got home. And I look at his contact and his home address is in there, his birthday, like, you know, some, not private, but some personal information that he had just met me. And I, I crawled into bed. I was like, well, well, oh my God, I just, I met Jesse Tyler Ferguson and I think we're going to write a cookbook together. <laughs> and then the next day it was, it was like meeting a, someone in a bar that you're romantically yeah. interested in. You know, I was like, do, do I call him? Do I wait on him to call me? Uh, what's the rule? Do I wait three days? He FaceTimed me that <laughs> next day. Do I wait? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like a scene from the movie Swingers. <laughs> yes. Don't stop calling. <laughs> That's yeah. so good. I was going to ask if you called him the next day. He FaceTimed you? He, he FaceTimed. He and I are very similar. We are not fans of text. You know, I hate when you get texts from people and they're like, how's everything going? I'm like, can you just call me? It's a lot. And I talk a lot. So Jesse also likes to talk on the phone. So we're, he FaceTimed me. He said, I, I talked to my agent this morning and I told them about you. They want to meet us. And so I think the following week we had a meeting with a book agent who knew his agent. Damn. That's quick. Very LA, right? Call. Yeah. I'll have my agent call your agent. I'll have my people call like, I don't have an agent. <laughs> I don't have people. Uh, I feel let like me, that's me... that's a level of success. When I get people, I'm good. <laughs> I'm done. Throw it in the towel. Uh, yeah. Uh, quick question, though. When you, when you did meet him, was there anything, and, you know, maybe for him, too, when you guys were just sort of chatting back and forth, did he say anything where you were like, what? I, what? Like, like, was it, was there something that he said that you're like, dude, me too. Was it cooking? Um, we def it was definitely, yeah. We immediately bonded over. I remember again, he, he puts his like contact info in my phone and I had this cookbook idea in my head that I told him about who does that. Like I just met a stranger at a party and I've just told you about this <laughs> cookbook idea that wasn't food between friends. It was another one. Hmm. And he moves his chair over beside me and he was like, tell, I love this. Tell me more. And so it was just immediate. You know, Jesse is an avid cookbook collector. So we were kind of sharing our favorite cookbooks. Mm -hmm. We both, uh, he was a friend of Ellen Bennett's, of Headley and Bennett Aprons. And I had just met Ellen, because I, I was, I wrote this little piece in Huff Post about her apron. So I had just met her and she'd given me a tour of her factory. So then we're talking, I was like, oh my God, you know, Ellen Bennett, you know, we're having this. So it was all food related, like the food we love, cookbooks, aprons, kitchen equipment, you know. Mm. Oh everything. man, y'all nerded out. Yeah, we nerded out. <laughs> That's amazing. I just interviewed Ellen Bennett. Oh, her book is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. A week or two. So she is whew, breath of fresh air. I know she, she is, I am in awe of how she operates and, and what she's done. Mm -hmm. There are many days, Jesse, especially in the beginning of, of COVID when she just mm -hmm. took this crisis and 
was like, I'm going to, I'm going to supply masks to people, you know? Yeah. And it was still in the early phases. Jesse and I were working on the book and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do this. And then I'm looking at Ellen and she's already like started another company basically. I'm like, God, how does she do this? Yeah, no, her story is great. Her story is really great. Yeah. Um, and everybody can find that uh, off script with Trish Lewis, that interview. Um, I did want to <laughs> say, I think it's funny that you, you're you saying that you're not a texter. I'm absolutely a texter. And if I'm texting someone <laughs> and then they call me, I'm like, oh, why are you calling me? I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> That's funny. Two totally different like schools of thought with that, right? Like you're either yeah. on the phone or you're texting. Yeah. It's just, I, I'm, I have really small hands. It's just a challenge. And my, I'm, I've got an eye doctor appointment Friday. Like my vision's shot. I, I just, just want to call people. Oh, that's so funny. I think also during the pandemic, I miss seeing people. So I've, I've definitely FaceTime more. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So let's talk about this cookbook then. Cause you said you already had an idea for a cookbook, but how did it evolve in this idea of food Food Between Friends, which is such, it's just a fantastic idea. So great. Thank you. Uh, well, so we went to meet with Jesse's agent and I, I even, we, we cranked out like a mini proposal. Like we, we did a lot of work. So we go to this meeting, we've got this proposal mm-hmm. with a few sample recipes. And she said, this is great. I, I actually, I see your chemistry just the, the short time you've been in my office. She said, but this feels like an idea. This feels like Julie's idea that Jesse's curating. So I think you two should spend some time in the kitchen together cooking and just see what happens. So we were a little defeated when we left the meeting, but we thought, okay, let's, let's just start cooking together. So we, I would go over to his house or he would come to my house. We would cook for friends or we Mm -hmm. would just cook for his husband, you know, and we had such a fun time doing it. And there was such great chemistry that then we, we said, let's throw some photos on Instagram. And then people wanted recipes. So I thought, I, I guess we'll throw these online. You know, love it. we weren't bloggers, but I, I, it just felt like the next step was to start a food blog. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. people really liked it. I think they liked seeing our friendship. And then, you know, they caught the eye of Clarkson Potter. And here we are. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> Isn't it the best when, because again, I, I do love to cook and I'll put a few things on social media. When someone goes, that looks amazing. Can I have the recipe? That's like, yes. great. And when people have been making, you know, when the, when the book came out, um, so many people were posting pictures holding the cookbook and a lot of Jesse's Modern Family co-stars and a lot of celebrities. And I was like, oh my God, you know, Dan Levy's holding the cookbook. This is amazing. <laughs> And now when people, it doesn't matter who it is, like, I don't know, a stay at home mom in Minnesota or Hillary Clinton, when people are cooking our recipes, it is, it it is the, like the most satisfying feeling ever. And I, I love when they tag me, I'm here for troubleshooting. Luckily no one's had trouble yet, but it just makes me so happy when they're cooking the, the food. Is Hillary cooking your food? Or did you just I hope so. She and Jesse did uh before the election, they did a little IG live and they talked about the book. So I was like, does Hillary have her coffee yet? <laughs> we got Hill. I gotta get one to Hillary. Yeah. Hill, Hill needs your coffee. And Michelle. Oh, yes. 
goals. That's another level of success right there, isn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, quick question about you and Jesse cooking in the kitchen, because I'm, I am so, I'm such a control freak in the kitchen. I don't want, I'll, I'll, I'll offer, like people will offer help and I'm like, yeah, you can, you can cut the onions, but I'm just totally side eye watching them You're like, judging. Oh, are they doing it right? Was that yeah. clearly not an issue for you two? It, it is so hard to cook with people. And I'm the same way. Like if I'm cooking and someone's in the kitchen trying to talk to me, I have an open kitchen too. So people will linger my kid. I'm like, everybody get out, get out of the kitchen. Don't talk to me. And, but with Jesse, it was, I think it worked because I was able to teach him, you know, so I said, this hmm. is how you dice an onion. And then he, he could dice the onion. And Jesse's a, Jesse's a great, cook actually and I think having gone to culinary school I felt like it was okay for me to to cheat and buy like the pre peeled garlic cloves and Jesse starts from scratch he's like got the heads of garlic one time we did a recipe with pistachios and he's over there like shelling the pistachios I, I said it. you know you can buy those pre-shelled now so it it worked you know and um I was able to teach him and we it's just rare to be able to cook with someone. And I think we came from such different places and we brought different things to the table um, that it, you know, it was a beautiful relationship. Yeah, I was just gonna say, that's a really good relationship when you can find someone that you can cook in the kitchen with and cook you, with. you're not at each other's throats the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, there's that there's that saying for a reason, right? Uh, too many Too many chefs in the kitchen sometimes. Yeah, Jesse also is a great dishwasher, so I'm like, hit it. That is start washing dishes. I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna go over here and rest for a second. He <laughs>, laughs. I'll, I'll like pour my wine and go sit in the chair, and then he's over there washing. Dishes. I'll help you in a second. <laughs> did do you need help yeah. right when they're done? Do you did you need any help? Um, that's the that's the relationship I I am in right now with my husband. I'm I'm like the the main cook for the most part, and then he washes the dishes. It's a great, it's it's a great trade-off. My husband's a really good dishwasher. Yeah, I'm t all the all the folks out there who maybe have have a sweetie, put it in your vows. Just just saying. Or a kid, yeah. teach your kid you how to child just labor. Just like put them in the sink. <laughs> there you go. Scrub them up, honey. Scrub them up. Um, I do want to talk about cookbooks because you're a huge fan of cookbooks. Mm -hmm. How many do you have? Do you know? Oh my God. I mean, I even have some in my bedroom here. I am, I'm in my bedroom, the home office. Two kids have been zooming all year, like oh. my hide. Uh, hundreds of hundreds, hundreds of cookbooks. And I, yeah, I often, I sometimes have, uh, with some cookbooks, I have the digital, like the ebook. Yeah. Or the iBook. Yeah. iBook. <laughs> and the hard copy. But I, I just, I love, I love cooking from a hard, you know, I hate having to look, use my phone and then your hands are all greasy. Totally. And, but when you have a cookbook and the pages are a little greasy or they're fingerprinted with like flour, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. My same. mom had a great idea. She said, I'm telling people to buy two of your cookbooks, one for the coffee table and one to cook out of. I love it. It's like genius mom. I love it. There's that Southern accent too. Um, isn't it funny? Do you, when you get on the phone with your mama and you're just like, the Southern accent just comes out and people are looking at you like, I'm sorry, what, where did that come from? Are you, yeah. 
did you just have a change of personality? Yeah. I've yeah, walked through the my news. husband can always tell. Awesome. I've walked through the newsroom before and I'm just like, all right, love you. Bye. And they're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye now. Um, do you have a favorite cookbook? Uh, um, it really changes. Right now, I just got Kelly Fields' uh, Southern Baking mm. Book. She mm -hmm. has Willa Jean in New Orleans. And I just got that last week and made these ooey-gooey butter cake bars last night. There's two and a half. She and I are on the same level. There's two and a half cups of butter in the cake. Granted, it's a nine by 13 pan, but I was like, yes, Kelly, uh -huh. great minds. Uh -huh. And I had a piece for breakfast. Well, I mean, the so. butter's in the title, so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a big, um, I love, uh, you know, Edna Lewis is a hero of mine, and, and I love her um, book. I Frank Stutt is from Birmingham, Alabama. I, I love his books. Um, God, yeah, it really just changes. Um, yeah. I also just got Michael Twitty's book on rice, which I... I have rice with, I I rice on the stove like every night. Well, you're from the south. Is, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a really good one. Like all the variations of rice and the history. It's a it's a fantastic book. So, mm -hmm. yeah, changes each week. Yeah, that's funny. You say rice. My uh, my grandma was an amazing an amazing cook. But we would have shell beans and we would have like mashed potatoes and we would probably have pot roast or something and you know, maybe biscuits or cornbread. And then she would look at us and she would go, do I need to make some rice? <laughs> yes. You always need rice. And I could just hear my mom like, it's... mama, we have enough. And then she'd make rice. There's so many carbs on the table. It's like shades of brown on the table. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love that. That's so fun. Are you, what kind of cookbook lover are you? Does there have to be pictures or is it mostly, do you just like, like a textbook style? Um, I appreciate, I appreciate photos. Me too. But um, I, I, and I, I do think it, most people appreciate photos. Mm -hmm. I, I have one book um, that, you know, the, I don't know if you have these short stacks. They're these little paper cookbooks and they're about this big. And it's one ingredient. So the whole cookbook is like that one ingredient. And there's no, um, there's some sketches in it, but there are no pictures. Mm. But I kind of like that sometimes because it doesn't, again, set me up for failure. I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the photo. Totally. And, and, and Food Between Friends, um, we had an amazing photographer and food stylist, but we wanted the food, as you'll see in the book, like we didn't want it to be too perfect or too precious. Like it, we wanted it to look like half eaten. And if it's still in the pan, that's fine. And, mm. you know, I don't want people to be intimidated by a photo. That's awesome. So. I just, uh, the interview's out right now with Christine Tobin. She's the food stylist for Milk Street. And uh -huh. I just find that job fascinating because we, we eat with our eyes first. Yes. So, yeah. yes, it is such a hard job and our our food stylist so our our first photo shoot luckily was right before COVID happened so that mm. was Jesse and I were able to get the lifestyle shots in and then the the beauty shots of the food was done in our photographer's studio so we were all on zoom 
and they planned their shoot. It was two weeks long. They ate everything. So she wasn't using fake stuff to like style the mm-hmm. food or fake grill marks or anything. They ate everything. They would do the breakfast stuff in the morning, lunch, and they would plan their day and they ate our entire cookbook. Yeah, that's that's how you Again, do it. Which made me so happy. Yeah, I bet. That is legit. That's amazing. Uh, what kind of food do you like to cook in your kitchen when you're just everyday thing? Are, are you, do you cook every day? Um, I didn't for a period because- I won't judge. I won't we, judge. When we turned the manuscript in, I was, I was like, I just need a break. We've yeah. also tried to support local restaurants. So we do a, a balance of like takeout um, and I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. cooking, but now I'm kind of in this, I mean, I'm cooking from my book. It's so fun now to just cook my own recipes. That's um, awesome. I try, I'm a little nervous because I thought, oh my God, what if I find a mistake, you know, or what if I wish I'd changed something, but it's been really fun to cook mm. from my book. Um, and I'm, I'm enjoying it more than when I was having to do it during sure. the pandemic and we were on like a, a time crunch. Yeah. Uh, do you identify yourself as more of a cook or a baker? Or do you like both? Oh, I know. Jesse would say I'm a baker, but really both. Okay. Um, and I, I also love savory baked goods. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But I, I also like a project. Like, I like an all day. Yesterday, I, I made pupusas. So it was like a pupusa project. I also have Rodney Scott's uh, Pitmaster, his new barbecue book. Yeah. And now I'm I'm like, maybe I should build a barrel pit fire thing in my backyard. <laughs> Do it. But I don't know that that's allowed in California. Yeah. Fire yeah pro- probably not in fire season. <laughs> Going into fire season. Um, I, I do want to wrap up a little bit. Uh, what's for dinner tonight? I think it's, I actually am going out to dinner for for the first time with a friend who's in town. Um, so I'm going to make, uh, actually I'm going to make the garlicky chicken stir fry when we hang up for my kids to eat. And then I'm going to Eleni oyster bar for dinner. Fantastic. So excited. Mama's mama's going out on the town. I know. That's amazing. And now I'm ready. I put makeup on for interviews. I'm like, <laughs> I got to go out. I'm showered and my hair's clean. Uh, hair wash day is the best. Uh, where can people find the cookbook? Everywhere. Everywhere books are sold. You know what's funny? I just got a Google alert uh, the other day. Urban Outfitters is selling it, which I thought was fun. What? Really? Urban, yeah, Urban Outfitters. It's like, oh, that's that's fun. That's amazing. That's amazing. Next, next to some sex toys, probably. <laughs> and tarot cards. Um, Chrissy Teigen is also selling it on her through oh, her Cravings website. That's so nice. I think she posted one day and she said, "Available at Cravings or wherever sex toys are told." Is sold. <laughs> like, oh no. What? <laughs> It's not that kind of book. <laughs> You're going to have all um, sorts of people <laughs> buying that book going, oh, yeah. what's, what's this about? Yeah. <laughs> like, Spen- remember Spencer's gifts? Yeah, I love it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. when I was looking you up, I Googled the cookbook. It's, it's everywhere. Everywhere books are sold. Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Target, Barnes & Noble, um, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, 
monograms plus in Coleman, Alabama. <laughs> Aw, yay, Alabama. My mom hooked that up. They're so proud of sweet. you. They're so, did she go yeah. to the bookstore and my daughter has a cookbook coming out and y'all need to carry it. It's not even a bookstore. It's <laughs> everyone registers when they're pregnant. They register there. It's like, you know, they do monogram stuff or like uh, monogram cups. Then now they're selling cookbooks. That's awesome. Um, we have, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Rogue Creamery. It's just the world's best blue cheese. No big deal. But Ooh. yeah, they're here Wait, in Southern Oregon. Okay. okay. Um, but my, I mean, I'm a huge fan. My mom's a huge fan. So every town she's lived in, she's gone to the, to the <laughs> cheese department and said, y'all need to carry Rogue Creamery. This sounds like my mom. I think our moms would be friends. <laughs> probably, probably. Very, very <laughs> proud mamas, for sure. Very proud. Okay, yeah. Julie Tamas, I want to wrap up and get to the final three. Uh, best okay. advice you've ever been given? Oh, um, probably to stay true to who I am and, and authentically be me. Keep the blinders on and don't worry about what anyone else is doing that's excellent from my that was from my husband oh nice job hubby <laughs> he, he is he is great advice yeah when uh yeah. backtrack when did you guys meet in 2007 okay okay nice. that was another funny story we met on an informational interview wait what's that literally i was moving there was no job i was moving to new york and i was just meeting i was just hustling like meeting as many people I could like here's my resume and look and someone put me in touch with him and so I met him at his office just to chat like here's this is my story here's you know <laughs> I love it another reminder never say no to an informational interview because <laughs> or a, or a pop-up dinner party yes words to <laughs> live by so, and then y'all dated, got married, and the rest is history. Yeah. We were friends at first, but he would, I was, he was, he would call and check on me, like, how's the move from D.C. going? And mm. he says, er, he said early on, he wanted me to know there was no job. He was like, I wanted to make, you know, I wanted to make sure this was authentic. So he likes to say I didn't get the job. I got the bonus plan. Slick. Which I did. Look you at this did. advice he's giving me. That That is really good advice. Um, my husband tends to give me the same advice. Like, your path is your path, and you just keep going down that path and don't don't look at anybody else. Which yeah. is challenging. That can be challenging sometimes. Very challenging. Okay. But nice to have a partner that reminds you of that. Yeah. It's just, I think it's, in this day especially, it's just nice to have a partner that is just beyond supportive, right? Of, of every, mm -hmm. every dream that you want to have. They're just like, go for it. Honey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's pretty amazing. Will is my number one, my mom, Coco and Will, two biggest fans. <laughs> Love it. That's amazing. Uh, what's your happy place? Well, it used to be my mom's back porch swing, but they sold their house, my childhood home during COVID and moved down the street. So now it's probably my kids' swing set that we just built last weekend. Fantastic. I don't know what it is about getting on the swing and swinging. It is the best mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. 
It's when, um, I need, when I need a breather, I get on the swing. It's nostalgia, right? I mean, that's the swing set was the first when I was like in third grade. That's where I went first, the swing set. And it gives you, you know, I, I get, I show my kids like how you have to pump your legs and get yourself really high. And, and when you are swinging down and that like, you know, I can just see above my neighborhood and then that feeling, it's just mm-hmm. grounding. It's such a nice feeling. Yeah. The little flutter, so, the flutter mom, in your stomach. I know. I told my mom she has to put up a new swing at their new house, mm-hmm. even if it's in the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm the I'm the Somewhere. I'm the 40 year old woman that that walks by a, like a, a, an outside, you know, just like some playground. And I'm like, can, can I swing really quick? Just a few minutes. Yeah. Or a rocking chair. <sighs> yeah. Like Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I hated it when the rocking chairs were taken when you're waiting on your table mm-hmm. and you're just hovering, like waiting on someone to get up from the rocking chair. <laughs> totally. I don't know if you've ever flown through. Is it Charlotte's airport? Yes. And they have the rocking chairs. I love that airport. Yeah, it's the best. They have the rocking chairs that. and then they have the chilies. And I'm just looking heaven. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yes. Okay, back on track. This is what happens sometimes. Okay. Um, but I love that. That's a great happy place, especially right now going into spring and summer. Swing sets, perfect. Yeah. Um, in Swinging all th- back into life. Yes, yes. That's a good, that's a good one. In all things food and drink, what do you crave, Julie Tannis? Uh, definitely crispy fried chicken skin. Just brown, crispy fried fat. <laughs> Sometimes I just fry the leftover batter just to get the little mm-hmm. bits. Mm-hmm. Like there's a fried chicken skin uh, in in the book that I plop on a biscuit. Yeah. Well, that's and they're easy to make. Yeah. Yummy. Okay. And 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 in the in the beverage world, anything after a long day? Um, red wine. Okay. For sure. Yeah, I enjoy. I I can't really drink like. I had a margarita the other night. And I, oh my god! And then just one, and the next day I was miserable. I can't, I can't do like hard alcohol. But I love just a glass of red wine around five p.m. Perfect. Need <laughs> it. Um, okay, one last question because you said you like fried chicken skin. Did y'all have fat back? Do you know what fat back is? Uh, well, like the. I'm showing my weird I'm, southern roots. I think no, tell me. I think I know what it is. So it's like it's the it's the fat that they trim off from bacon. Yes, yes. And then you render it and you can cook with it. Yes, and yes. you you you're literally cooking fat and it it crisps up. I never was a big fan. It was too crispy for me, but it was huge yeah. huge in my family. I'm a huge yeah, I know you're it's it's so it's like pork belly when they can get it really crispy yep. because I hate rubbery bacon. Gross. Like the part of the bacon I like is the fat, but that's like crispy, mm-hmm. like a pork rind. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Fat back, so good. Biscuits <laughs> and sweet tea. That was very popular. Oh, sign me, I sign know. me up. I know, right? <laughs> my dream meal. Oh, I love it. You have been so much fun. I'm so I'm so happy to know that you're from the south and we have this 
Southern connection. I know. And it's so nice to meet you. It's well, it's really nice to meet you. I thank just want to let you for having me. Of, well, thank you for being here. I definitely want to uh, let all the listeners know that you can listen to this podcast um, on pretty much anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Just subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. And you can watch it at ktvl.com and on YouTube. Just search Off Script with Trish Gloss. One more time, Julie Tanis, go get the cookbook, Food Between Friends. Get in the kitchen and just make a mess and have fun. Do it. Thank you.